Hello and welcome to Climate Change Unfolding. As I speak, environmental movements around the world are gearing up for what looks like going to be the biggest environmental mobilisation in history from the 20th to 27th of September. And it's quite an exciting time. And it's, it's crazy to think just that over a year ago, Greta sparked the kid strikes by sitting on her own outside Swedish Parliament. Now it's turned global and the strike in March had like 2.2 million people involved in 123 countries. And, and now the kids are calling on the adults to join them. And to be honest, it's hardly that outrageous a demand from the kids that the adults grow up a little bit and uh, start taking some collective responsibility. The world's listening to the kids' call to action and a whole bunch of trade unions uh, representing millions of workers have pledged their support and thousands of businesses are getting behind it too. You know, some of the employees from the world's largest companies, Facebook, Google, Amazon, organizing walkouts and major political leaders have spoken in support of the, the week of action. So exciting things are going on and actually I've noticed something special within the environmental movement I think after years of sort of following from the sidelines and you know watching there's kind of I feel like much more alignment between the different factions in the environmental organizations than I think there's ever been and everyone seems to be able to get behind the kids and that's that's great to see and I think you know united behind the school kids everyone's message is, is made more powerful by that unity so I'm going to share some thoughts on this episode on social change and especially in the context of these movements that are influencing the current political landscape. And I suppose uh, they're going to continue to do so in coming years. And so I know that this one event can't change all of the problems associated with the climate crisis, but I do believe it's absolutely key what's going on and a really defining moment. So that's what I want to talk about. Uh, I hope you find something engaging and interesting. Uh, let's get cracking. Every news outlet worth its salt is going to be saying something on these strikes over the next few weeks. And the numbers make easy reporting statistics. And they're going to report the numbers of the people, the numbers of countries, the numbers of cities. And so the numbers really matter. And, and for each of us individuals, then we have the potential to add to those numbers, either with our presence at a prearranged strike or action of some sort and, or a part of some kind of meetup that we organize ourselves. I know the listeners of Diamond Change Unfolding are quite distributed in all sorts of countries all over the world. And um, especially within Africa, there's a number of places that are very underrepresented. So it's quite possible that you're in a place where there's not that much um, happening or maybe nothing happening already. So you have an opportunity to add a whole city or location as an extra strike. So you can really contribute to that those numbers. And the, the numbers also contribute to the power of message sent to businesses and politicians and leaders as well so it's, so don't massacre me for generalizing here but businesses in general do what's best for their bottom line right so if it's obvious to them that there's a massive groundswell of public opinion consumers and employees who are passionate about environment and climate crisis they're likely to pull themselves in the direction of climate friendly behavior so they're led by the power in in the numbers and the power of the message and Politicians also, <laughs> carrying on my generalization, it, you know, in, in a slightly cynical opinion, will do whatever's in their best interest. <laughs> so if it looks like backing powerful climate action is what gets them elected, you're going to see a lot more politicians taking climate talk and even walking the sort of climate walk, you know, not just talking the talk. And so, you know, with elections coming in the US and the UK and, in, and a number of other places, politicians are paying special attention right now to what the public cares about. So it's an important time to speak vocally and powerfully about the climate crisis. And 
you know, even better for the, on the politicians' team, if they look at the political landscape and the public opinion and see that they basically have to act in a powerful way on climate change or face being marginalized. And that's a possible dynamic in the not-too-distant future. At least in my take on the whole thing is that massive top-down political action needs to happen to tackle climate change comprehensively. I think that's pretty universal, the people that are... Um, you know, paying a lot of attention to this in a, in a serious way. But I think that can create a kind of apathy in individuals. Like it's an argument against why it's, you know, basically to justify why it's not worth acting as an individual. But I think you're missing the point there. You know, yes, top-down change needs to happen, but that change is not going to happen without large-scale popular support. And people en masse need to be sending a clear message demanding change. I should say that I also believe there are good politicians who'd happily be the leaders that turn the ship around to a more carbon-friendly society who genuinely want that change for the better. But you know, even those politicians need to see that the people want change and they need to see that they're not limited by a lack of will on this issue in the public sphere and that they can expand their idea of, I guess, what they think is politically possible because of the people, the people are behind them. So businesses, leaders, politicians... They need people unified in speaking in a clear and powerful way for climate action. And that's what these movements have the potential to do. And I think we, we, we mustn't leave these billionaires, especially these white male egocentric billionaires, the patriarchy society, to, to use the politicians and the media that they have in their back pockets to define our, our future. You know, we need to have our say. And these movements are key. You know, they are a really central way that the public can rise up together and send a message out to the world. So our presence matters, but, you know, we need to be a part of those numbers to help fuel the power of the message, you know. So it's not just um, our presence that can contribute, but it's also our voice. You know, how much media attention this gets is really important. And when I say media, you know, social media is included in that umbrella. You know, this is 2019. We're all part of the media now. And, we, you know, we have a platform to speak to the world or a part of that platform that that speaks to the world is we have control over and so social media in 2019 is you know is central to change and we and we can also have an influence on the mainstream media outlets through social media calling out media that that isn't reporting on the climate crisis you know or under reporting it or misrepresenting it which is super common right now and a big big issue you know and, and you know not to just be a negative Nancy you know we can also share and support and champion the media that does so if you have a platform you know like I have my numerous businesses and whatever else with the following we can use those platforms and my own social media platforms to engage people in these really important movements and the message that they're carrying in performance coaching which is one of the things I've spent quite a lot of time in my career doing we spend a lot of time obsessing about people's learning and people's progress you know progress sadly does not come in on a nice uniform progressive line as kind of people seem to sort of expect for some reason we you know we make small step forwards and then back again and we get plateaus and setbacks and incremental changes over time and then every now and again you get these big leaps forwards moments of breakthrough that come all of a sudden where you make massive gains and those those are actually the fruits of a of your work up to that point but it can be super frustrating while you're in that plateau or you're moving backwards and um you know those plateaus in coaching can be broken and those massive surge forwards can be brought forwards and even amplified by good strategy and smart interventions and ultimately that's what we're doing with performance coaching but i mean the reason i explain this is to give you a background is i feel like 
social change is similar. I see a lot of parallels, basically. It doesn't happen in a nice, clean, uniform, smooth curve or line. You know, if you watch, like if you use an analogy, if you watch a tide coming in, it doesn't happen in a slow, gradual way. It comes like in waves onto the beach. A wave comes and retreats and the next one, and then there's a, a lull and not too much is going on and it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere. Then the next set of wave comes and all of a sudden a massive wave smashes big gains onto the beach and, and a new normal is set, but it retreats a little bit, but then the waves are coming, you know, coming again. And I think it's simplistic, but an interesting way to look at social change. And it doesn't happen smoothly and uniformly as you might expect. That analogy breaks down a little bit because social change is not inevitable. It's not pre-written a bit like the tides are, you know, remembering, of course, that there are people who are doing their best to undermine our efforts to change society um, and trying their best to push us back down the beach, I guess, you know. So and right now, I think this climate week is one of those waves and we're at a surge forwards. And this is one of the defining moments and a key opportunity, one of the biggest in history. And it has the potential to massively influence what happens at this UN conference and the dialogue of politicians and all of the elections coming up. We're about to drive our way up the beach of social change. <laughs> how powerful this wave is and how far up the beach it's not yet defined and we all have the power to contribute whether we do or not helps determine its strength i suppose and here's the thing with this we we can't just sit back and let the tide slowly do its work you know gradually incrementally make the work happen you know we can't play the long game with the climate crisis time is not our friend kind of unlike previous social movements that have won great victories let's say the women's rights or the civil rights movement for, for them meaningful change was the ultimate goal and a long game, whilst it's not perfect, you know, obviously quicker the better, but, you know, still achieved the objective. But but the climate movement is racing a ticking clock. You know, winning very slowly is a form of losing. Not quite as bad as doing nothing, you know, but it, but it's, it has clear and devastating consequences. So we don't really have time for these movements to fail and wait patiently to rebuild others once the storm's blown over. And, you know, every inch of that beach we can claim is incredibly valuable, you know, so... These movements and this time in history, it's, it's big and it's important, you know, and that's at least how I feel about the whole thing. I think it's important to highlight something here, you know, getting involved in this week of action does not need to be skipping work or school to stand with a placard on the street, you know, a sign on the street. You know, obviously that's a big part of it and, and it's great and, um, and if you can do it, that's amazing, you know, but it, it doesn't have to be that. That doesn't work for everyone depending on the context and it, it could be a meetup, you know, it could be a climate related film showing, a discussion group or even you know, put to the extreme, four mates in the pub after work talking climate, you know. <laughs> the point is, everyone's getting together and acting and doing whatever they can on a given day. You know, in Uganda, where I live, for example, the community here, we've got a, like, a, um, like a growing and quite active um, environment, climate community. We're making it much more appropriate for where we are. Protest is so often associated with the opposition party in Uganda that... Protests quickly turn into riots, mob justice, it's a weird and crazy thing and people get involved and then all of a sudden you're at something, how did that happen as it did? You know, people get overexcited and, you know, and actually it's kind of scary and the police can be pretty brutal and unpredictable with dealing with groups as well. The, the tear gas comes out very quickly and pretty heavy handed and it's also, yeah, this is quite funny, not really funny, funny in a slightly sad way. It's illegal for more than two people to meet up without police permission. 
which is pretty nuts. Um, and it, you know, basically they introduced it in one of the elections in order that the police could disrupt all of the opposition parties for the entire, you know, build up to the election, as as what I understand it. But you know, basically it's an excuse for the police to disrupt whatever they want, whenever they want. <laughs> So, you know, you're actually breaking the law by going with uh, more than two of you uh, and doing any kind of action like that. So it's a sensitive subject. So, you know, and the other thing is here, very few people understand what climate change even is. So our focus here is much more with our climate action about education. We're organizing meetups, school visits, um, film showings, discussion groups, and people are highly engaged and learning lots and going away from our action much more engaged than they were before. And I think that's having much greater impact than if we did make some signs. You know, we're putting ourselves much less at risk. So I guess what I'm saying, participation doesn't have to be a traditional strike. That concept might be appropriate, or and it can turn people off. There's some interesting research about how divisive that sort of strike, um, you know, thing is. Some people hate the concept, even if they love the cause participation of all types is still welcome you know you can register a meetup on the fridays for future website for example and so and we're all still contributing to that massive collective voice and the numbers which are being reported so i find that all exciting (laughs) you know that this big thing is happening and if a little daunting (laughs) you know and all the people and the united interests and the different groups are coming together for this collective voice and this un summit which is actually really critical but it's also a strange time really strange you know on one hand more, people are more engaged than ever public support pretty well documented has rocketed in this in on this issue and, and concerns never been so high but you also have this weird global dynamic with trump and you know bolsonaro in brazil even boris johnson and the weird all this mad brexit stuff that's going on in the uk and you know those are not climate-friendly leaders, not by a long stretch. Trump's first Secretary of State was Rex Tillerson, and he was literally the ex-CEO of ExxonMobil, one of the world's largest oil companies. And you know, now his Secretary of State is Mike Pompeo, and he's, I think, the U.S. politician most backed by fossil fuels. And he's the guy who's going there to these conferences to negotiate the deals on behalf of the U.S. You know, and he's just cut a deal with. Brazil to commercialize the Amazon rainforest, you know, opening the doors to rip the place apart under the guise of capitalism being the only way to conserve the Amazon, you know. That's disgusting. Anyway, these guys are literally going to the summit, backed by fossil fuel companies and their own crony deals on the side, and they're, and they're doing their best to undermine action. <laughs> you know, Trump at the, you've got to laugh almost, you know, Trump at the recent G20 summit was trying to persuade the other nations to pull out of the Paris Agreement to see if he could prompt the collapse of the agreement imagine how much evil that's spreading in the world and how much suffering if he succeeded doing something like that you know he's probably going to be going there doing the same at the un summit and you know it's bad enough they're not acting but much worse that they're actively looking to undermine action you know makes my blood boil and it pisses me right off (laughs) but not in a way that makes me want to switch off in a way that makes me want to record a podcast or get involved or get active or do something meaningful push back you know hard (laughs) these movements need to show the rest of the world's presidents and delegates that we won't have it and stand up to trump and even show trump that the public support and outrage is so great that attempting to undermine action publicly in doing so, they're dismantling their own public support, you know, they're marginalizing themselves. And we have to make them rein in what they feel is politically possible on their side. <laughs> okay, I have a breath. <laughs>
Another thing on this, you know, on the Trump topic, if you like, during these strikes on the build-up and during, you know, the fossil fuel industry are going to be looking for ways to fill up the airtime. You know, the media headlines with whatever nonsense they can find to distract the public, racist tweets, or they're going to make stuff happen that, that will try and keep the spotlight away from this. You know, there are literally people in boardrooms of fossil fuels and conservative think tanks right now that are working out what the best way to undermine this global action is. <laughs> So keep your eyes peeled. They are going to do something to try and distract everyone. They might even just divert the discussion and try and make it all about divisive topics. This is a new tactic to undermine the message, you know, making a debate about plastic straws or individual personal sacrifice, you know, and, and when they do, don't take the bait. We've got to stay on point and we need to push back with a unified message. So think about the two extremes here, you know, how different is our future if Greta and the environmental movement's vision comes to be, rather than that of Trump's self-serving agenda, you know, where we continue to pollute and disrupt and drive ourselves towards ecological collapse, you know, the difference is so stark and dark. And the difference is so powerful, it's worth fighting for, you know. Climate change and climate action is often framed as a personal sacrifice, but that's so short-sighted. What about the massive personal sacrifices that will be forced upon us if we don't act? <laughs> if we do nothing, we get wide-scale, planet-wide destruction and suffering. <laughs> the suffering, if we don't act, not just for our children, but for us, it will be much greater than anything associated with being part of a climate movement. You know, and it's the same with the cost as well. That also pisses me off and it undermines action. You know, don't, don't give me it's too expensive nonsense. You know, the more exp it's more expensive not to act than it is to act by a number of factors and that's well documented and the you know part of the problem i understand you know is the cost of action is carried disproportionately by the wealthiest elite you know and the older wealthier people and the cost of inaction is carried by those who've done the least you know the youngest people and the the least well off and those in developing countries and the you know the non-human wildlife that has to carry the cost as well, you know. So, so that selfishness pisses me off as well. Appear to be mostly pissed off during this episode, but even if you take that part of out of it, that injustice of the um, inequity out of it, you know, I honestly don't think in the long run that anyone will be better off in an extreme version of climate change business as usual world. You know, once thing, things really start cranking hard on a climate change, you know, even the wealthy are going to feel it. Nobody escapes. Anyways, like I said, <laughs> that pisses me off, but it, but it also motivates me, you know, we need to show the fossil fuel companies and Trump and all those cronies you know, that we're not going to let his ego and the status of their bank accounts get in the way of my son's future, for example, my future, and I, I won't have it, you know, I've had enough. <laughs> and it's time to mobilize, it's time to act, and it's time to use whatever voice we have to push back. If it <laughs> pisses you off too, it's, it's so easy to switch off from it, you know, don't sit with that frustration and that anger and that's they want us to switch off you know we've got to get active we've got to channel that and focus it and get engaged and get outraged <laughs> you know funnel that frustration into inspired action with more passion more resourcefulness and more energy you know if we're just putting a band-aid on it and trying to forget about it, like basically switching off and going to watch netflix we don't get better we're just but if we act in like a part of something powerful and, and especially something global like this that really has the capacity and the potential to influence change, that's nourishing for the mind and soul. You know, no matter how it pans out, you can hold your head up high knowing 
we were part of fighting for the change for the good. And there's a very reasonable chance that these movements do influence history in the right way. You know, it's not a pass or fail climate change or no climate change. This is a spectrum, right? So any pushback that we can be a part of has a real influence in minimizing future suffering. I really feel like this is a key moment in human history. The next 10,000 years are going to be defined by the way the next 10 years pan out. Massive changes in uh, ecology and the number of species on Earth. And these social movements have a powerful part to play in that, you know. This is history and it's happening and it's like a really iconic and important moment. The moon landing, when the Berlin Wall came down or 9-11 rocked the world that we knew, uh, you know, where were you and what was happening? And I, you know, I remember, uh, well, I remember 9-11 at least, you know, um, and to think about the big social movements of the past, what would it have been like to be at Martin Luther King's, you know, one of those 200,000 people that were there when he gave that amazing I Have a Dream speech, captured a whole moment in time by bringing to life a positive story, you know, and he engaged them in his dream and it rocked the world and it changed how we looked at the world and he really had an influence in changing history. But those people there as well were part of that and I bet those people remember that moment as, as like a really central part of their story, you know. I bet they talked about it to their children and their grandchildren. He captured a nation's heart and the world's, you know, I suppose. And this is our big social movements you know this is our chance to be part of history and when there's still time to kind of minimize the desperate suffering and, and create a better world so <laughs> i don't know i think you know this climate crisis even is bigger than the civil rights movement and all the other progress that's made in human civilization things like the women's rights um, movements and suffragettes and others you know stand to be undone if we let large parts of our nature die and our societies collapse into a sort of more nationalist and racist societies once again with closed borders and so this is the fight of our time and we're at a key moment in that battle at least in my opinion and you know thankfully unlike many of history's great battles we don't have to put our lives on the line <laughs> it costs us very little to be involved all we have to do is get, get our asses off the sofa switch off netflix and <laughs> get involved in, and do something anything really and and make up to make our voices heard and be a part of that great um that great movement and you know given how much is at stake and how powerful it stands to be if the movement speeds action on climate it seems almost crazy not to be a part of this in some way <laughs> I think I'm going to leave it there for this climate change unfolding episode. I feel like I've been hovering between pissed off and some like cheesy high school pep talk at a football game or something. <laughs> so go get them. <laughs> Let's be involved. Let's make sure we do make history by smashing all the way up the beach and making sure that these powerful public social movements really take their place in history. We can register ourselves um, as part of it all on fridaysforfuture.org and uh, super easy to do. I've already registered a number of events that I'm helping to organize here in Uganda. Let's be a part of it. Let's make it happen. <laughs>